The reading is from the New International Version, Revelations chapter 15 through to Revelations 16 and 1. I saw in heaven another great and marvellous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues, last because with them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of his name. They held harps given to them by God and sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvellous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked, and in heaven the temple, that is, the tabernacle of testimony, was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen and wore golden sashes around their chests. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. Amen and may God bless this reading. Towards the end of a meal when somebody brings out a beautiful serving bowl to the table, if you're anything like me, you'll be expecting something good. A nice dessert, maybe. What's in the bowl, you ask yourself? Or being bolder, you might even ask the server. You think of tucking into trifle, fruit salad, uh, cherries or ice cream, or even some other wonder. What a disappointment, then it would be to find that that bowl was filled with dishwater or even worse. In chapters 15 and 16 of Revelation, not one but seven golden bowls serve Earth's final course. It's just dessert. This is judgment served up seven different ways. The stomach churning consequence of every rebellious choice, the dizzying nausea of every willful action, the gut-wrenching end of all selfishness. But hang in there. Things are not as bad as they might first seem, because there is actually something here for all of us to hope for and to hold on to. If you've been with us through our time in the book of Revelation over the past year, you'll spot a repeated pattern. Uh, For John, the vision started among seven golden lampstands, and we listened in as seven letters to seven churches were uh, dictated to him there. Uh, We saw uh, seven seals opened and heard seven trumpets blowing their urgent alarm. 
Now we watch with John as the contents of seven golden bowls are emptied over the earth. As we do, uh, let's hold on to the guidelines that have been helping us make sense of it all so far. One, John relates what he sees in the order in which he sees it, which is not necessarily the order in which it all happens. Two, John describes the signs and the symbols that he sees. These are visual representations of the realities that they point to. Three, the key for understanding the symbols are the Old Testament scriptures. And four, the vision is recorded to encourage and to bless the people of God wherever they are, um, at whatever time in history they are living in. So that must also include you and me today. When John says he saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, remember that what follows is a description of the sign. Uh, like some incredibly creative audiovisual presentation or a particularly imaginative movie, the objective is not to confront us uh, with reality. Uh, that would actually be more than we could cope with. Uh, the aim is to provoke us to think and to ask us what these signs and symbols could be pointing us to. So what are we to make of these seven bowls? Well, let's look at them together with everything else that John has seen. Clearly, uh, it's all connected. And if we look closely, we'll see that the seven seals, uh, seven trumpets, and now these seven bowls actually have quite a lot in common. In each uh, series of seven, some of the items are found to be in the same order, as in references to the earth, uh, to blood and water, to rivers and springs, uh, to the sun and death, or to the river Euphrates. But there's also something incremental about these sequences. Uh, the seals impact a quarter of the earth. Uh, the trumpets, a third. But now, the contents of the bowls affect the whole. With these connections, uh, one suggestion is that each of these lists uh, represents a particular viewpoint of the same events. And I'm inclined to agree with that. So the seals present uh, what these events look like from the perspective of the church. Uh, the trumpets, uh, the same events uh, viewed from the perspective of the world. And the bowls, what they look like viewed from the perspective of the throne of God. Three uh, different viewpoints of the same unfolding events. Whatever way you look at it, and whatever final reality lies behind the symbols, clearly what John sees is not very pleasant. Each sequence has had its own force, but this last set of bowls conveys a particularly disturbing message. So much damage has been done, and that so deliberately, the consequence of properly addressing it is itself overwhelming, like some grim cosmic 
chemotherapy, uh, the cure for the tumour of sin, which is undermining life as God intended it to be, comes with painful side effects. As the writer uh, of the book of Hebrews warns us in chapter 10 and verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But this vision is here to encourage rather than depress us. It's here to fill you with hope and to help you hold on to Jesus through all of life. I want you to get that. So let me quickly give you five reasons why uh, this vision is good news. First, the judgment of God is good news because of where it comes from. It's rooted in the character and person of God. And God is holy. His judgment is not arbitrary. Unlike the gods of ancient Greek myth or Indian fable, God's judgment does not depend on mood or circumstance. God's wrath or his holy anger is no petty outburst or uncontained fury, but it is God's strong and settled opposition to all that is evil. Second, the judgment of God is good news because it is bounded by the law of God. Note the place where John sees this scene. In chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, After this, I looked and saw the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. These words take us way back to the people of Israel in the book of Exodus when they constructed and camped around the tabernacle, the tent of God. Deep in that holy place, in the holy of holies, where no one could look, rested the earthly presence of God between the carved wings on the Ark of the Covenant. Inside that golden box lay the law of God, chiselled by Moses into slabs of stone. God's unchangeable instructions for life, permanent reminders of how to live. In the 20th century, uh, the great Christian thinker E. Stanley Jones uh, pointed out that God's law is not an imposition, but an exposition. He said it is an exposition of the way God created us to be. When we violate God's law, we violate ourselves. We go against reality. We end up ruining ourselves and creation around us. So judgment is rooted in the eternal law of life itself. When the sanctuary is opened up, everything is exposed to the perfect holiness of God. And so judgment flows out. The consequence of not holding on to God's laws of life are then fully realised. Third, God's judgment is good news because it is just. God only ever judges those who deserve his judgment, and the consequences always fit the offence. Thus, uh, those who proudly bear the marks of the beast in chapter 16 are in turn marked by the painful consequence of his inability uh, to heal them. 
those who gladly shed the blood of God's servants find they have nothing else to drink. It is uh, what they deserve, the angel sarcastically observes. Fourth, the judgment of God is good news because it doesn't all come at once. There's plenty of time uh, for repentance. In judgment, God is very, very patient, as Peter reminds us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Sadly, after both the fourth and fifth bowls have been poured out, we're told they did not repent. People can be so obstinate. But remember, as the theologian J.I. Packer says, nobody comes under the wrath of God save those who have chosen to do so. Finally, fifthly, the judgment of God is good news because it comes to an end. This scene in John's vision tells us that mercifully, the measured consequences of our determined disobedience of our maker's instructions comes to its final conclusion. Uh, as the final bowl is poured out in chapter 16 and verse 17, a loud voice uh, came from the temple, from the throne of God, saying, It is finished! Words which also point us uh, to the way out from it all. Look again at the scene uh, John describes to us in chapters uh, 15 and 16. And we'll see two very different sets of people. Those on earth in chapter 16, repeatedly being drenched uh, with God's judgments. And those in heaven in chapter 15 and verse 2, who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, now singing uh, the song of Moses and of the Lamb. Moses first composed this song in celebration of uh, the deliverance of the people of God from Egypt, way back in Exodus chapter 15. Now it is sung by all those redeemed by God. And every line here is from uh, the Old Testament with phrases from Deuteronomy, uh, Samuel, uh, Chronicles, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah and Malachi all coming together to express the wonder of God's great plan now completed in the Lamb. It is finished. Uh, we've heard those words before, haven't we? Uh, as the hymn writer uh, Philip Bliss put it, Lifted up was he to die. It is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a saviour. No wonder Jesus uh, prayed the night before, Father, let this cup pass from me. You see, he knew what was in the cup. He drained uh, these bowls of judgment that day, they were all poured out on him. And he chose to let that happen because he loved me and he loved you so very, very much. But what was finished? His earthly life and ministry? 
No, uh, for just three days later, he was raised from the dead and back among his disciples. What then was finished? The bowls, God's righteous judgment, all poured out over Jesus. The loud voice from heaven in Revelation 16 as the last dregs of judgment leave the seventh bowl echoed Jesus' cry from the cross for good reason. It is finished. And the good news is that you can now choose where to stand and hear those words. Uh, you can choose to stand on earth and await the full force of all the consequence of our careless choices to come true. Or you can choose to stand among that heavenly crowd, having already heard these words ring out from Jesus on the cross as he absorbed the judgment that was mine and yours and everyone's, singing the song of the redeemed people through all of history, that great song of Moses and of the Lamb. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. How have they been revealed? In the judgment of God, on the cross of Jesus. It is finished. Make those lines your prayer today and you'll find good news even here in the judgment of God.